Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Truth and Love with T.Y. I am your life and relationship coach, T.Y. Richardson. Um, I got a lot of feedback from the podcast that I did entitled, Are You Calling Me Fat or Did You Just Call Me Fat? And so I wanted to not only offer that bit of sound advice about the diagnosis or or, um, the reality that we are overweight, I wanted to give a few tips on ways that you can actually do something about it. So I'm always about finding solutions. So today on this podcast, I'm gonna give you, you're gonna need a pen and paper, ladies and gentlemen, because we're about to be proactive. I'm gonna give you uh, three tips, actually more than three tips when it all boils down, but I'm gonna give you some tips on ways that you can actually start to see that scale moving in your favor and not only lose weight, but to improve your health, because that's what it's all about, right? Health is wealth. And so I'm going to ask that you note some of these things, but be really honest with yourself when you're answering these questions. People come up to me often when they find out what I do and they say things like, let me tell you what I had for breakfast today. And then they read off some perfect meal. I had tree bark and grass trimmings and uh, three drops of cucumber water, you know, and they're standing in front of me very much um, overweight. And I'm thinking to myself, this person, doesn't understand the science of weight loss and they don't understand that I do and that if you're eating tree bark breakfast lunch and dinner there's no way that you can be overweight because you'll see after these this podcast there are definitive things that lead to us being overweight it's not just happening to us we're earning our waistlines rather it's a large waistline or a small waistline your actions are determining your weight And so hopefully by the end of this podcast, you've wrote down some things that'll help you get started on your journey to weight loss. Again, at my heaviest, I was 230 pounds. This is about six weeks after having my uh, last child, who is now 15 years old. Um, And so I found myself uh, after my, this was my third, that was my third pregnancy. And I gained a substantial amount of weight after each or during each of my pregnancies. And so I've had to follow these rules again and again in order to get that 50 to 85 pounds off after I had my children. And so um, another thing that I'll mention before I even get started is if all of this information seems a little confusing to you or if you would like to have a consultation with me about your specific goals, um, let's do that. You can call me at 216 694-8414 or you can email me at truthandlovewithty at gmail.com we can have a quick free consultation and get into uh, some specifics and if you are interested my weight loss coaching program started only $99 a month and so we can get into that as well so don't feel overwhelmed as you listen to this information but you do want to have a pen and paper in hand or uh, listen to this podcast a couple of times so that this information can resonate with you. All right, so uh, three tips to lose 10 pounds in seven days. And I want to say about that title, the, the bigger you are, the faster you lose. And so if someone is taking this advice and they're uh, 300 pounds, they're going to lose 10 pounds more readily than someone who is taking this advice who is only maybe 10 or so pounds overweight. So just know that weight loss is relative to the amount of weight you need to lose. Okay. But best case scenario, it is absolutely possible for someone to lose 10 pounds in seven days by following this advice. 
right, so first I want to start out with a few questions to ask yourself just to kind of prime your mind for the tips that I'm going to give you. Um, The first question is, what is your worst eating habit? So what is the thing that you're aware of that you're doing that when you do it, you're like, this is wrong and I know it's wrong, but uh, you know, Oreos taste good in the middle of the night or it's really hard to resist the bowl of M&Ms at the, uh, in the break room. Or, you know, Susie and Paul are eating crazy every day and it's really tempting. And so I tend to indulge with them. Whatever it is, what is your worst eating habit that you're aware of? Um, and if honestly you're not aware of anything that is holding you back, then that's your honest answer. You don't know what is holding you back. And, and if that is your answer, I really encourage you to call me because I can get directly to what it is. I guarantee you. Um, the second question is, how much water do you drink? And people tend to either be water people or not be water people. Uh, the reason that drinking water is so important is because we often confuse the thirst response with hunger. And so if you're constantly dehydrated, you're going to constantly feel like consuming something. And if you're not a water person, that thing that you're going to consume is going to be something that is not water. So it's going to be beer or um, juice or, you know, it may even be eating candy or something like that. Like, I just, I just feel like I need to eat something. Well, when you're hydrated, which is drinking an average of 64 ounces of water a day, just as a start, uh, if you're hydrated, you're satiated. So your body is at a place where you know, your mouth is not dry, you're not feeling fatigue, like you need a, a, some sugar to bump your energy. When you're hydrated, your body can function at its best. So if you're not drinking, again, at least 64 ounces of water a day, that may be a good start so that you can eliminate some of the snacking and munching that may be your worst eating habit. All right, so number three, how often do you weigh yourself? This seems like a harmless thing to do. I weigh myself every morning or before a sandwich and after a sandwich or you know that kind of thing. It seems harmless, but let me explain why you should not weigh yourself too often or too seldom. So my recommendation is that you weigh yourself once a week, the same day of the week, same scale, same place on the floor. Um, and if at all possible, either nude or with very, very light clothing on, and preferably first thing in the morning after you've gone to the bathroom, but before you eat or drink anything. So the reason that 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 is so important is because if you weigh yourself too often, let's say you weigh yourself multiple times a day or multiple times a week, what that really is, the only thing that that's doing is inciting your anxiety. I wonder how bad I did today or I wonder how, you know, eating well one day is affecting my weight. It really does not cause you to lose weight, especially if you're not changing your eating habits. You're just looking and looking and looking and looking at your weight. Uh, If weighing yourself multiple times a day was effective in terms of weight loss, you would be losing weight by now, especially the people who obsess overweighing themselves. So that's what happens if you weigh yourself too often. The other thing about weighing yourself too often is whatever you eat today is not going to show up on the scale until 24 to 30 hours from then. So if you overeat 
on a Sunday and you weigh yourself on Monday, that's not the result of what you ate on Sunday. That's the result of what you ate on Saturday. So some people say, oh wow, they eat well on Saturday, they binge on Sunday, they get on the scale on Monday and they're like, oh, my weight didn't didn't move from me eating over from overeating. Phew, I dodged a bullet there. But then if you get on the scale Tuesday, that is what's gonna tell you the result of that binge day or that binge meal. So it takes about 24 to 30 hours to know what that weight on the scale even means or, or what contributed to that weight on the scale. So if you weigh yourself too often, without that in mind, you may have a disproportionate understanding of how you need to eat. Um, you're feeding into your anxiety. And then the other thing about weighing yourself too often is it takes a, about seven days of doing something consistently to be able to see any substantial weight loss. So if you're just starting out with a meal plan or a uh, dietary regimen on a Monday, which most people start on a Sunday or Monday, it's going to take until that next Sunday or Monday to be able to really see the trend of how your consistency is going to show up on the scale. So give yourself seven days, again, one week, same day a week, same scale, so on and so forth, to really be able to see what that consistency shows up as. I find that a lot of people who want to weigh themselves intermittently all the time are doing that because you know you're wrong. You overate or you ate something off the plan or, or you did something crazy and you're on the scale trying to figure out how bad it is. How bad did I do? Or people who have been consistent for a whole three days and they feel like they should be down 20 pounds and so they hop on the scale to see uh, you know what the result is of me slaying the flesh for three days uh, and you may look and see maybe three pounds and that make may make you feel discouraged you're like that's only a pound a day but a pound a day is substantial if you wait seven days that's almost 10 pounds so stay off the scale just be consistent and do what you're supposed to do the way you're supposed to do is stay focused forward. Don't get on the scale more than once a week, but don't get on the scale less than once a week either because let's say you are, uh, uh, you know, inching toward the darkness <laughs> and you are not following your plan as closely as you need to and you are in fact gaining weight or plateauing, you need to be able to catch that and to redirect before it gets too bad. Um, I've had clients gain up to 15 pounds in a weekend. And so imagine if you let two, three weeks, two, three months go by without getting on the scale and kind of getting a little check on what's going on, how your behavior, your actions are affecting your weight. It could be get so, you know, get so far gone that you feel discouraged. So I say no less than once a week, no more than once a week in terms of getting on the scale. The next thing is cardio. So uh, the, the, big, the thing that I call, I refer to cardio as the calorie eraser. So it's a lot more than that, but cardio is so important in terms of getting the seven pounds, I mean, this 10 pounds off in seven days, because if you're eating the way you're supposed to be eating, that means you're not overeating, which means your body is burning off the calories that you're consuming, plus a little stored food, also known as body fat. That's how you lose weight. So you're going and going, and then on top of eating well and losing weight in that way, you're erasing more calories off the back end because you're burning body fat in the absence of food. So to say that a different way, 
when you're eating right plus doing cardio, it accelerates weight loss. If you're eating right and you're not doing cardio, you will still lose weight, just not as quickly. If you're not eating right and doing cardio, you can forget about it. Now, if you're not eating right and you're doing cardio, you will experience other benefits of doing cardio exercise, which are uh, improved circulation, uh, improved cardiovascular uh, endurance. You know, there are so many, you'll sleep better, you know, you get a good sweat, flush your system, that kind of thing. You get those benefits from doing cardio, but you will not reap the weight loss benefit of cardio exercise. I don't care if you're jumping around in the hardest class in town or running around a track 8 million times. Uh, it does not matter what you do. If you're not eating right, you're burning calories, yes, but then you're replacing those calories plus some when you're eating too many calories or eating wrong. So I'm not saying if you're not quite ready to change your eating habits that you should just throw your cardio out the door. But I am saying don't get frustrated with, your, with yourself when that scale is not moving in the way you want it to because you're working your heart out. You're working your heart out, but you're also eating your heart out. And so your body is just telling you the truth. There's no reason to get frustrated. What you need to do is try to understand, okay, what am I doing wrong or what could I be doing better? Cardio ain't it, okay? This ain't that. And a lot of us don't realize you could do a one-hour cardio class depending on how much exertion. You know, there are people who go hard in cardio and then there are people who just attend and move their body in the way that the instructor says, you know, the low-level cardio people. Nothing wrong with that. But if you're on that low level, you're not burning that many calories in your workouts to begin with. And if you're on the high end, yeah, you're burning a lot of calories. But again, if you leave there and go straight to Chipotle and get everything you always wanted in a burrito, then you're not, you know, you basically ate your workout. So if you burn 500 calories and you eat 900 calories when you leave the gym, you just erased that 500 calorie uh, weight, weight loss or calorie burn. Right, so that's the important thing about cardio. My um, my recommendation recommendation is that you first know what type of cardio exercise is cardio. So cardio is rhythmic and continual. It is something that is as close to nonstop as possible for the duration of the exercise. So that is fast-paced walking. That is jogging or running. That is a aerobic class that goes nonstop or very sh short breaks in between songs or routines. That is cycling, swimming. Uh, basketball is even a great form of cardio if it's if it's nonstop. Um, that is cardio. So yoga, though it is beneficial, is not cardio. Pilates is not cardio. Weightlifting, if done in a specific way, really short breaks, really strong bursts of energy, it can be cardio uh, focused, or there can be cardio components to your weight training. But weight training, in and of itself, sitting on a machine or sitting on a bench. That kind of thing is not cardio. Not saying it's not beneficial, but that's a whole nother podcast, the benefits of weight training and things like yoga and Pilates. So make sure that your cardio is in fact cardio. Um, the other thing is you want to make sure that when you are doing your cardio exercise, you're pushing yourself. And I'll repeat this again when I give you your tips. It's one thing, it's not enough to just attend a class. You need to really dig in and push, understanding that the harder you work, the more calories you burn. 
right? And then your cardio exercise needs to be at least 15 minutes starting out, but uh, 20 minutes to up to 90 minutes is wonderful. And just think about the, or remember the fact that the, the longer you go, the more calories you burn, the more calories you're erasing. Okay, and then something else that people don't think about, another question to ask yourself is, are you monitoring your beverages, specifically adult beverages or high sugar beverages? Uh, if you are eating the way that you're supposed to be eating, you're following the plan and you're still trying to figure out why the scale is moving so slowly, uh, you're, you're doing your cardio and so forth, it could be because you're forgetting that beverages also have calories and adult beverages you get more calories for less volume. So if you're drinking a glass of apple juice, let's say you're drinking a big old 10 ounce glass of apple juice, that is about the same number of calories as drinking a 10 ounce glass of wine. The only difference is it's fermented fruit juice. Wine is fruit juice, high in sugar. Um, and so you gotta be mindful of your beverages. My recommendation would be to get your water consumption up so that you're drinking less of those beverages with calories and to incorporate the beverage calories into your, your uh, consciousness when you're monitoring your calorie intake. Uh, we'll talk about calorie counting in a minute too, but you gotta consider the fact that one small 12 ounce can of Pepsi is almost 200 calories. That's about the same number of calories as a Egg McMuffin from McDonald's. So just thinking about that. All right, and specifically adult beverages. You really want to limit or go for the skinniest version of an adult beverage that you possibly can find and understanding that there's nothing wrong with wine if you don't drink often, but if you're a wine drinker, you're essentially taking in about 200 calories per glass of wine. That adds up to meals. That's a meal's worth of calories, especially if you do a couple glasses. So just being mindful of your beverages as well. Okay. All right. So now we're going to get into those three tips that I talked about so we can get some proactive um, action going on here. Three tips. So the first thing is three meals, no snacks. These are all recommendations from my uh, rapid results weight loss program, by the way. So if you were to join my program or one of any of my programs, these are the same things that I will coach you through mastering is these concepts. So the first thing is Go back to old school eating. When we were younger, I don't know how old you are, but, but when we were younger, we had breakfast, we had lunch, we had dinner. And if you came into the house and told mama that you were hungry and dinner wasn't ready yet, she would tell you what? Dinner's almost ready. Going outside or go wash your hands or, or drink some water or something, but you wait. We've gotten into this snack culture that is just absolutely ridiculous where the food producers and manufacturers have convinced us that we need snacks. They've even called things like Lorna Dunes in a tinier package. Oh, this is a snack pack. No, that's cookies. That's that's just cookies. You, you know. And so get back to the three day, I mean the three meals a day. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That is all we need to be able to sustain our lives. All of the snacking is for children. And I dare say kids aren't snacking on the right stuff. So my first recommendation is three meals, no snacks, not even healthy snacks. Now, if this is a challenge for you, there are a couple of foods that I consider free foods that you can eat in between meals. But guess what? They ain't sexy. They ain't sexy. Here are some free foods. Unsweetened pickles. They're usually zero to five calories each. So pickles. 
raw vegetables, specifically cucumber, celery, um, not so much carrots because carrots have sugar, but definitely not fruit raw vegetables a lot of people want to snack on nuts they go oh nuts are healthy or peanut butter is healthy but nuts are very very high in good fat but they're very high in fat which means they're very high in calories um, and they're a great source of protein don't get me wrong but I don't recommend snacking on nuts unless you're gonna literally look at a serving size and put that serving size of maybe 8 to 14 nuts in your hand close the package and eat only that uh, that is an example of, of free snacks. Free snacks are not chips. Free snacks are not snack pack cookies and chip and uh, um, you know cakes and things like that. Those are not snacks. Those are desserts. Okay, so three meals, no snacks, not even healthy snacks, but here are some things that you can do in those three meals to make sure that you are not hungry between meals. First thing is make sure that each meal has a protein. Those of you who are meat eaters, every meal should have a, a form of protein. That can be meat, that can be eggs, that can be quality cheese. Heads up people, American cheese is not real. It is not quality cheese. It's, it's, so go for old school cheese, cheddar, Swiss, provolone, those types of things. So you also can use peanut butter or peanuts as your protein. But make sure that each meal has a protein. And yes, plants have protein. Uh, but just making sure each meal has protein. So you don't want to have a meal that's all carbs. Alright, so then the next thing you can do to make sure your meals are satisfying is have fruit only in the morning. Um, that's a good time to eat carbs and sugar. Fruit being a, a sugar is in the morning so that you have the whole day First of all, you get that burst of energy once you eat it in the morning when you need it, and then you have the whole day to burn that off so it doesn't store as fat. So, fruit only in the morning. Um, and only one piece. Okay, people? Everybody calm down. The next thing is no carbs after lunch. This is, again, kind of akin to what I just said. The later in the day that you eat carbohydrates, the less time you have to burn them off. So you want to think about carbs as being putting logs on fire. Your metabolism is the fire. If you eat carbs in the morning, that fire gets burning. You need that so you can get up and go and, and zip it and do what you do. In the afternoon, maybe you can use a little bump. So maybe one small serving of carbs. Okay, go for it. And then by the time dinner time comes, you're winding down. There's no reason to put logs on the fire. And so there's no reason to eat carbohydrates. It's also like putting gas in the car and then parking it. You don't need gas until the next day. Okay, then the next thing is, again, like I said, no snacks at all. What this is essentially is fasting. So I recommend that you fast for four to six hours between your meals. Some people think that this is absolutely ridiculous, but we fast for other reasons, for religious reasons, if we are doing the Daniel fast or something like that. We also don't think about it, but when you're sick, you fast because you don't have an appetite or your stomach is queasy. And what happens when you're sick? A lot of times you end up losing weight because you're fasting, which means you're giving your body the permission to dissolve and to absorb and to use body fat. Body fat is food. So people who worry about starving in between meals, you can't starve until you've burned off body fat. Body fat is not just there, you know, for entertainment. It is literally food that you've eaten that your body did not need and so it's stored it under your skin 
to preserve it for later. So listen to my podcast entitled, Did You Just Call Me Fat? Where I go a little bit deeper into the fat storage system that our body has. It is amazing. So no snacks, fast for four to six hours between meals. Again, if your meal had protein, if you're getting the right quality carbohydrates, you don't have to worry about things like diabetic blood fluctuations and things of that nature. You don't have to worry about that. Yes, monitor your blood sugar if you are uh, if your doctor prescribed that. But understand that fasting is very, very healthy. I even recommend you to research intermittent fasting which is another amazing way to control your calorie intake. So that's my first thing is three meals, no snacks, three quality meals, no snacks. The second recommendation is uh, expounding on my cardio uh, question. Cardio, we just talked about what cardio actually is. And then the recommendation is to do cardio between three to seven days a week. Cardio is something you can do every single day, not just for weight loss, for health purposes, of course, but to keep the joints moving. Uh, I know that when I do cardio, it is a stress reliever. It is also a way that I kind of process my thoughts and kind of zone out for a minute and have some me time. So three to seven days per week, you wanna do your cardio between 15 minutes if you're a beginner, but beginners work your way up to 30 minutes. So between 15 and 90 minutes of cardio. I tend to do 90 minutes. I'll do the elliptical trainer for an hour and then I'll do the lateral trainer or get on the treadmill for 30 minutes. I do that about three days a week, the 90 minutes. But I I especially do it when I know that I've had heavy meal the day before and I wanna make sure that within that 24 to 30 hour window that I have, that I offset any kind of weight gain. So remember, cardio is the calorie eraser. Um, You also want to do your cardio, like I said, quality cardio. You want to push yourself to about 75% of your max output. And a way to know what 75% of your max output is, is you want to be working at the cardio, doing your thing, treadmill or what have you. And then you ask yourself on a scale from one to 10, how hard am I working? And if the number is seven, then you're working at about 70% of your max. If the number is five, you're working at about 50% of your max. Push, push harder, bigger movements, uh, increase the speed or the incline. Uh, Get about 75 to 85% of your max. Now, anything above 80, 85 is um, good for short bursts of energy, but you can't sustain that. So I will never want anyone to go 85 to 100% of your max. It's not sustainable. All right, so three to seven days a week, 15 minutes, working your way up to 30 to 90 minutes, um, and at least 75% of your max. If you have one of those uh, memberships at a gym where they have elliptical trainers and you're able to do the elliptical, I recommend it because you burn so many calories on the elliptical trainer uh, versus the seated bike or just standard walking. You burn so many calories with the elliptical trainer, um, especially if you use the ones that have the moving arms and you're moving your arms with the trainer. It's amazing. So the elliptical is is my favorite. Plus it's non-weight bearing, so you don't have to worry about your joints or your feet and things like that uh, on the elliptical trainer. Side note, I found that my feet go to sleep on the elliptical trainer, but if I untie my shoes, I don't have that problem. I've had a couple of people say that their feet go numb when they're on the elliptical. Uh, Try that, try a looser shoe or, or untying your shoes. So that's my recommendation for cardio. And then my third and last recommendation or tip for losing 10 pounds in seven days is you have to calorie count. So people have gotten just absolutely 
<laughs> lazy when it comes to calorie counting. So I'll say this to make you feel better about it. Calorie counting is like learning a new language. We tend to only eat the same things. It's not like we're dining Ethiopian one week and then the next week we're eating German and then, you know, that's a, that's a rare situation. So usually we wake up, we eat a set number of things. We have lunch, certain things, you know, we eat what we eat. So calorie counting is like learning a new language. And I mean that by, uh, what I mean by that is once you look up the calories in the bread you like, the cereal you eat, your eggs, um, use a measuring spoon to see what a tablespoon of whatever looks like eventually you won't have to look it up it'll be automatic you'll say okay one tablespoon of peanut butter on one toast one slice of toast is 190 calories because my bread is this many calories and I know that my peanut butter is this so stop trying to dodge and duck around calorie counting. It is the quintessential skill to learning how to lose weight, is knowing A, how many calories you're consuming a day, and B, how many calories you should be consuming a day. And again, if you need help with that, just shoot me a message and we can have a free consultation to talk about that. But you need to at least learn the language of calorie counting. It takes about a month for you to be able to remember and memorize the things that you eat, but also to be able to, using a measuring cups and measuring spoons and a food scale, which I recommend, um, it takes about a month to be able to eyeball things as well. So give yourself 30 days to master the language of calorie counting. You will not regret it. And here's a little something that is... Uh, a trick with with the calorie counting for those of you who think that I don't consume too many calories if you take your current weight and in four digits so let's say you're 200 pounds and six ounce, ounces that's two zero zero six you put a comma after the two that's two comma zero zero six two thousand six that's approximately how many calories you're eating a day at least uh, and on average to be the weight that you are so if you're 250 pounds, that's 2,500 calories you're eating a day. If your weight is not what you want it to be, you need to lower that number so that your weight will what? Lower as well. So that's been my truth and love. I hope that this was extremely useful for you all. I would love to hear your comments and feedback. Go ahead and favorite this podcast so that whenever I do record, you'll be notified immediately. And I hope to see you all August 17th at the Weston downtown Cleveland from 1230 until 3 p.m. I am going to be one of the speakers at a two hour workshop entitled Unlock Your Fears and Release Your Fullest Potential. There is a panel of amazing entrepreneurs and motivational speakers who will be with me. And I'm really excited about it. It's my first, well, one of my first speaking engagements as a life coach. Um, also, follow me on Instagram. I am at Truth and Love with TY. You can also follow me on Facebook, Tanya Rankin Richardson. Uh, again, I hope this was extremely helpful. Please share this podcast with someone who you think could benefit from it. And I love you. Mean it.